it was heartbreaking when you dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And now I can look back at it and not laugh, but also laugh, but also appreciate like, oh, that was really what I needed. And I can I can see that when people come up and talk to me at expos or when I am able to train with people in person, I can see like they need that spark. Like they are waiting for that little spark to like ignite their strength journey too. So yeah, I'm I'm proud of that. And he 100%, you've got to keep the failures in to remind people it's not all, it's not all perfect. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck, and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone. So this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? I'll see you on the Patreon. are you? Fabulous. Thank you guys so much for inviting me to this. Oh my God. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Yeah. I've been following you for a very long time. I actually heard about you from Kat Nardizi. She's my bestie dog. She's so (laughs) awesome. So you just had a birthday of Buff Chick Supplements. Happy birthday. And what's funny is all of my girlies are like buff chicks, like Alex and Kate. And I don't know if Kenzie is, but I saw she was at one of your, at your celebration. Those baddies. Yes, we had to not force Kenzie. We had to have her because when I close my eyes and picture a buff Mm -hmm. chick, I'm like, it's Kenzie. It's Alex. It's like someone with a little bit of edge. And it's so clear that they still want the best for all the people who follow them without being too condescending, to be honest, Mm -hmm. without being condescending at all. And so it's like a feelsy person with a hard edge. That's like exactly who we're looking for. And they're perfect. Love it. Yeah, Love them so act. much. Did you find them through uh, the t- the old Tiki Talk? Yes, and I think Alex was one of the first ones who had tried our products first, uh-huh. just as a consumer, and purchased a few things. And we went to the Arnold, and people would come up to our booth and say in person you need to work with Alex. You need to hire her. She needs to be on your team. We love her. And at that time, TikTok was still confusing to me personally. I'm a millennial. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I mean, I just hadn't really explored the app except for just watching things that I found hilarious. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how die hard TikTok like her community was really. It was really just her. And so that was... I was like, oh, wow, there's real people on TikTok, I guess. And mm-hmm. they were people as I was like talking to them. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're perfect. So it's great that she is getting to you and motivating you as well. And mm-hmm. she's the perfect person to add to the team, obviously. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's awesome. So she outgoing, is. personable, friendly, badass, all of them. All of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Yes. So Meg Squats, how did you come up with the name Meg Squats? If you don't mind me asking. Well, I squatted every day. I went to the gym. I only squatted. Maybe I would warm up. Maybe, maybe not. And then I would leave the gym. I had gone through a period of like rapid weight gain. And I think I gained like 50 pounds. I struggled with eating an eating disorder. I struggled with binge eating. And I felt very foreign and uncomfortable in my own skin. And the only movement that I could stand without hating myself and like feeling just feeling so like terrible was the squat. And so I would go in squat and then I would leave. And actually around this time was when I first met my husband and he was like, oh yeah, I would see you and you'd be in the squat rack. And then I'd like see you a week later or not even a week later, I'd see you the next day and you'd be in the squat rack again. You just squat every day. And I, that's when I started posting on social media was, Uh I was like, okay, I'm just going to get really good at the squat. And then I did it. And what better name? Than right? Meg squats because literally that was the only thing I did. Eventually, 
that led into benching and deadlifting and powerlifting. Mm -hmm. And my strength journey really kicked off then. That's incredible. So just one thing, literally, and that's something that we can really break down for people that are struggling to get started. Yeah. Right? Just, what's that one thing that you can do? One of the things that Beth and I recommend is like just that walk, right? So for you, it's, hey, I'm just going to go in and squat my ass off and go home. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. People who are complete beginners or not mm -hmm. yet interested or ready to dive over to the dark side, as I call it, the yeah. weight side of the room. I mean, you could just try one machine try it and then get comfortable with it. And then maybe try the one next to it. That part of my story was really, really hard time in my life, but it is true. Obviously I progressed to more exercises and yeah, it really can just be one thing. You don't have to be a master of, of all of them before getting started. Yeah. I think that's where people get lost is they feel like they have to do everything, not just one thing. Like I can't just go to the gym and do one squat, but why not? Like look where that one squat has gotten you. Exactly. Pretty fucking incredible. Now I've got 20,000 people on my program doing right? a lot more than just squatting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. So your mission is to get a barbell in every woman's hands, right? Exactly. Lo love the mission. Has that been the, the mission? Like once you started becoming, I guess we're, when you went through your own binging and, and thing like that and then started squatting, was that your goal was to become a coach and start working with people? Or was that just something you know your, your own recovery and then you just realized the power of working with barbell and strength and how empowering it was for you. And you wanted to share that with other women. I think the latter for sure. I started getting into social media as I was just squatting every day. And back then it was so much more simple. You could just post a video of you squatting. Actually, I think it was even before Instagram, you could really post videos, mm -hmm. but I would just post a video on YouTube, girl squats, 215 for two reps, super simple. Mm -hmm. And I think I made a compilation of all of my successful moments and failures during this process because my big goal, once I started realizing, oh shit, I'm getting strong, was I wanted to try and squat 300 pounds. And that was my big goal towards the end of this. And it, I didn't realize that I could make a cool compilation video with all my failures and all of my successes. And you can see I was going through a rough time. So when the failures hit, it was depressing to watch and like heartbreaking to watch. But when I finally got there and of course squatted 315, I think it was my final squat at the end of this process. You could see like, oh, this girl's life has changed. Like you can, you can feel it through the video. And so that video got really popular. And of course, with people being interested in strength training and especially women seeing a fellow girly in the in the gym, they had a lot of questions. And so at first I was like, okay, I sort of have a responsibility here. And that sparked my interest in understanding what I needed to do to get certified and how can I help people in a way that's responsible. At this time, I hadn't really talked much about nutrition because uh, I was dealing with my own shit there. So yeah. fast forward to 10 years, I feel like confident in be being able to speak about nutrition as a coach. And I've gotten certifications to be able to do so and understand where my scope lies. So yeah, it really didn't start with me wanting to become a coach at first, hmm. but I felt a responsibility. And also I saw how many people were like, whoa, their minds were blown just by me in the squat rack. And I knew that darkness that I felt where this was the only thing kind of keeping me going. And I could read that and people shared that they were in that space too. And so I just really s discovered the beauty of strength and, and how it can touch so many different facets of your life. Mm -hmm. So you touched on the failures and successes aspect of it there. And I think that's so important that you showed those failures because I'm imagining your video probably wanted of um, gotten as much attention if you didn't show the failures along the way. I, I, I'm just taking a stab there because I think that's what people resonate with is like, this is a real person showing me that they're struggling too. But now she, here she is squatting 315 pounds and you didn't get there by just being successful every time. And I mean, shouldn't say that really, because in my opinion, failure is part of success, really. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I was a little emo baby too. So I'm there <laughs> crying at the squat rack. And it was a tough time though. That was everything to me. That was the the thing that was guiding me through. So it was heartbreaking when you dealt with that. And now I can look back at it and not laugh, but also laugh, but also appreciate like, oh, that was really what I needed. And I can, I can see that when people come up and talk to me at expos or when I am able to train with people in person, I can see like 
they need that spark. Like they are waiting for that little spark to like ignite their strength journey too. So yeah, I'm I'm proud of that. And he 100%, you've got to keep the failures in to remind people it's not all, it's not all perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Failures. I mean, we see failures as like this black and white thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I messed up. I, I didn't reach my goal. So now it's like, what do I do now? Do I just quit? It's like, no, let's use this as an opportunity to get stronger, to learn, to move forward. If we let it be a failure, it will be essentially. Mm-hmm. I love how you took like an activity like squatting and how strong your body can become that ultimately like helped with the nutrition is what I'm guessing, right? I mean, that's what I try to teach my child. If you're focusing on how strong you're getting, it kind of takes away for how you feel about your body because you're like, fuck, I'm so strong. I can do this. I can I can get better at it. 100%. And I think because I was struggling with nutrition and I was eating a lot, I sort of was like, well, you're getting bigger and mass moves mass. So you might as well just get super freaky strong mm-hmm. and f- try to find the benefit in how your body is fluctuating right now. I'm sure at the time I didn't have such a sound thought about it, but Mm -hmm. that was definitely part of the reason why I was getting really strong was because I was this little, little girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) compared to who I am now and who I, what I'd gained. I was really small and then my body just felt so foreign. And yeah, now on the uh, complete other side of it, even though I was struggling with that and trying to just like lay off the pressure during that, the embrace of strength was really a way to like focus entirely and lay my foot off the gas of like trying to diet, which I had done my entire life and mm-hmm. try to look a certain way. It was the cool thing that I was doing and the thing that was getting people on the internet started following me and they were interested in it too. So that at least was validating enough to allow me to shift the focus. Whereas Mm -hmm. I don't know if I wasn't sharing online and getting some of the sport, I don't know if I would have been able to focus on it so much then just because I was in a really, really rough spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So strength training, squatting really changed your life. Oh, 100%. That's why... That's why I can never change my Instagram name. It would just be... I mean, it's a good name. You don't need to change it. I know. It's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. It's great. I'd love to talk about, if you don't mind, how that disordered eating started for you. Because I know a lot of people struggle with disordered eating, binge eating, and things like that. It was on my mission to have the perfect body. Duh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I felt like I was always on that mission but I had signed up for a bodybuilding competition and I didn't have the support system and structure to really be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I was doing it kind of just to do it. And and I was doing it to get the perfect body. I want it to look like, I want to see my abs. Mm-hmm. So if you can picture what your version of the perfect body is, mine is like me with abs. That's all yeah. I really cared about. And now I think people like Alex and Kenzie that we mentioned they share such a cool side of the bodybuilding world yeah. that is, th- they are so honest about it in that, hey, this is really freaking hard, mm-hmm. but also there's a way to do it to where you don't go nuts mm-hmm. in the way that I do. And you should have a coach who really gives a shit about you. Those weren't things that I had at that time. And that's my own fault, but there weren't as many people like Alex and Kenzie to look up to back then. So this is like in 2015, maybe 2014. Mm, And so I just wasn't as immersed in the bodybuilding culture as I could have been. And I was, I isolated myself and I ruined relationships some of them I needed to ruin them. So that was a good thing, but (laughs) I didn't need to be such a bitch to my mom, for example. And really the main thing was I isolated myself, especially when I started developing the uncontrollable binge episodes. I didn't tell anyone until like years later, even it was embarrassing. And that was what I had my show. And then immediately, like five weeks later, I was in a different body. Wow. In a different body because of the re- just because of the rebound weight gain that came after your show, you mean? Or yeah, I was yeah. like 118 pounds when I um, competed and when I stepped on stage, and then I think I my the heaviest I was at this time was like 164 pounds. Wow! And that was in a very quick, like maybe like two months, 
maybe even less than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for anybody listening, the reason why for that is because you were so restricted and you had to just be so disciplined with your nutrition and and then just going back to your normal life after the fact or what happened there? Yeah, I think I didn't do things like keep my coach after okay. my show. I was super poor, so I could barely afford a coach anyway. Sure. And thinking about being frugal in that way and what I could afford and also just feeling relieved that it was over and now, okay, I can eat normally and then hating myself for eating normally and then not being able to physically control my hand from shoving more food in my mouth and binging every night, basically. Yeah. Do you feel like the the bodybuilding prep and experience exacerbated the, your uh, issues you were experiencing with food at the time? Yeah, I think I think it caused a... I'd already, I had always struggled with going into cravings and not feeling super knowledgeable about nutrition at all. And then after the show, I just had no guidance or support. Mm -hmm. I also, again, I was isolating myself. So I had fewer social engagements to attend to at all, had fewer friends, fewer people that I could trust. I didn't tell any of them. So Mm -hmm. instead of hanging out with people, I stayed my ass at home and binged. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that scenario was what set off multiple things that led to an eating disorder. Sure. How did you get yourself out of that cycle? Well, I really wish I would have gone to th- a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, like in 2014, I don't think that was a conversation that was right. talked about as much as it is now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I could have gotten my life back so much quicker had I told, even told one person. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of mistakes I made along the way, but my journey was really, I let go and I abandoned any pressure that I felt to look a certain way and any guilt that I had with, regardless of what I was eating and how much I said, no more guilt, just it's, you're not emotionally attached to this. It is just food and you don't have to feel like shit for eating however much you want. Mm -hmm. And so that was a very slow process to get to and also making sure trying to not eat in secret anymore and opening up. Maybe I wasn't telling people exactly what was going on, but getting back to my normal social life, I think helped a little bit. So I don't know if my journey is the best. I always tell people like, get therapy because how many months did I waste And how many, maybe almost a year of trying to recover on my own did I waste not having me back? So yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I, at least I knew to do was to let go of the guilt and really, I think, focusing on strength and allowing myself to just not be worried about the mirror and quit all the freaking body checking for once in your life. Mm -hmm. I think that did help. If there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that life is hard. And with that comes a level of stress that can often be debilitating. Balancing your mental and physical health often seems like you need a PhD to achieve. And so often we are only able to focus on one or the other, which can lead to a less than enjoyable life. And that's why I loved Cure Nutrition Serenity Gummies. From coaching calls to leadership meetings with my team, to tapping into my creativity for new content, to closing business deals, and even interviewing guests for this podcast, the Serenity Gummies have proven to be a valuable part of my self-care routine. I take them daily to help manage my stress and anxiety, and doing this allows me to perform at my absolute best, which helps me serve others to my absolute best. Formulated with their trinity of ingredients, a blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, functional mushrooms, and adaptogens, Serenity Gummies are your answer to finding calm in the chaos that we call life. Right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer to you, our listeners. You can grab a bag of Serenity Gummies for 20% off by visiting www.curednutrition.com ctc and using coupon code CTC at checkout. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash CTC and coupon code CTC at checkout to save 20%. So what are you waiting for? Pop a gummy and protect your peace and let's cut the crap together. How do you get away from looking at it just as you know, aesthetics versus being skinny versus strong and, and moving away from that mindset of body checking in the mirror every time you walk by and things like that? I mean, obviously yeah, I this, mean- that's individual. So, but you know, your own experience there. I think, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Stephanie Buttermore, but yeah, she was one of the people who 
suggested in a video, she's like, you got to stop body checking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, especially now I have a healthier relationship with my body and who I am. So I think it's fine to check yourself out in the mirror, but if it is damaging you, then yeah. just let it go. <laughs> Try not to pick yourself apart. Also, I think changing the language that I had and the conversations I had with people was never, I never had too much of a hard time talking about other people and how they looked, but also the language that was going on in my own head about how I looked. I don't talk about how people look (laughs) anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure back then I was younger and really not as immersed in the fitness industry as I am now, but that's, that's like unacceptable conversation today for me today. And back then it was more normalized to just have chats about how people who gained weight at the gym. Right. Now it's just like, well, I I would just be appalled if someone brought up that topic to me. And now I would be appalled in my own head if I had that thought about myself as far as it being a good or bad thing. I can look Mm -hmm. at myself now and say, yeah, you look... Like the cookies were good last night, Meg. And I'm like, yeah, they were good. They were good. <laughs> like I had a great Halloween. It was my daughter's first time doing trick-or-treating. Yeah. So I had a great time enjoying some of the candy that mm-hmm. obviously she right. can't have all of it. Right. right? So the I mom mean, tax, the parent tax. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I love that. So now it's sort of I'm able to notice things about my body fluctuating and also not have a meltdown over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The words that we say to ourselves, man, they it makes a difference. It's like your thoughts ultimately dictate your actions. And it's like yep. you were saying when you keep saying like, oh man, I'm a piece of shit or I feel guilty for eating this. It's like a consistent cycle of guilt and then binge and then more guilt. And it's it's when you got to stop that, the yeah. thoughts and the negative um, feelings about yourself really does make a difference. It's, it's, yeah, 100%. Like you'd be mortified if you said those things to your friends, but what, but what's for some reason we think it's okay to talk to ourselves that way. It's really, I mean, we don't, maybe we don't think it's okay, but it's we're so conditioned. Yeah. You know, yeah. The feelings of guilt and shame that, that associate every little aspect of, of our lives, nutrition, fitness. I want to say, I love, 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 love yeah. the recent campaign you did with Rose, uh, the Rosie the Riveter campaign. Fire. I'm a man and I loved it. Super inspiring. <laughs> I, I, I just want to get your perspective on how you what where where'd you get that idea? Because obviously the Rosie of the River has got a lot of um history there. Yeah. So we always do a big campaign. So that was our campaign for Stronger by the Day. Mm-hmm. And it's a my strength training app. And we have a ton of members. And every quarter or so, we do a new macro cycle. So we're still getting people jacked and strong always mm-hmm. year round. Yeah. But we switch things up so that we're periodizing our training. And this campaign was all about to promote our next cycle. And let me tell you, we've been doing this for a while and I have an awesome team. And it's always our instinct to make a badass lifting compilation of like now on TikTok, super popular with that guy's automated voiceover. And he's saying some, I wish I could do an impression of him, but he's saying something like, wake up and train and something cringe motivational. You know the guy, <laughs> my terrible, my terrible impression of him. We usually, in the past, we've done something like that. Like, let's show the training, what we're doing and make it look badass and fun. Mm-hmm. What we've learned recently is that there are so many ways to say, hey, lifting is awesome. And it is more than just lifting weights. It's, you can rewrite history and you can create this ad campaign that looks like really old sexist ads from the fifties mm-hmm. where women were generally sought at as being weak and marketed mm-hmm. to as if they're weak and we can reframe them in the tone of voice. That's like, Hey, no, she's badass. And even yeah. in the 1950s, she was a badass too. So right. let's reimagine what that kind of ad would look like. And of course we're selling stronger by the day, but that was a really fun project. And I think that's really, I was so touched that so many people in the fitness industry commented on it or shared it. And I'm like, thank you for sharing my literal advertisement for my program, right? (laughs) Because you have your own. I know you do. Um, But it's so incredible. And it was so powerful that us as coaches, it's like, this is 
how amazing that you're showing the strength of women that they didn't do that in the 50s and the 60s and like opening the ketchup bottle like women can do this too it's like yeah we can we were so suppressed for so fucking long and women need not be afraid of getting strong and bulky which is really really fucking hard to get i've been trying to get bulky for years so i i mean i just loved it, it was so powerful thank you thank you so much and yeah i think we're excited for the next one. So we do this just about every quarter. And of all the campaigns that we've done, this was like the cheapest one for us to make too. Because oh, wow. <laughs> usually we travel somewhere and we yeah. tell this epic story and I'm like, oh, we should do something like this again because it's cheap yeah, and less stressful because it's really just having a good idea. Yeah. It's the cheapest thing that you and can the feedback do. Was great. 100%. It was, I couldn't believe how many people were stoked oh about it. So yeah, thank yeah. you. Oh yeah. The coaches oh. on my team, they're sending to me, they're like, look at Meg, this is fire. Love that. Yeah. It was great. Loved it. And there were so many of them too. I feel like. I think we did six ads total. Uh-huh. And actually funny enough from the 1940s or fifties was one of them. And it was an illustrated ad. And the original ad was actually like a magazine cover of how to gain weight. Which I was like, oh, cool. It's not, but that's still, it's still like, hey, she was probably trying to gain weight for the ideal Marilyn Monroe-esque body type that was perfect, (laughs) deemed Mm -hmm. perfect at the time. But I did find that to be interesting that it wasn't all skinny, 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 which I think maybe came up more in the like 1970s, 80s, 90s. -hmm. Yep. The era, that's the era that I grew up in with my mom. And those ads, I can relate to them a lot because that's kind of coming out of when I was born almost early 72. Those ads were still around. Yeah. Lots of probably cigarette ads. Maybe yeah. we'll read Marlboro read, Camel. Yes. Yeah, I'm yep. sure those had a lot of sexist elements as well. So oh, maybe yeah. we'll revisit those mm-hmm. in our next one. Or or you guys can do it for your next ad campaign, please. Anyone take <laughs> the idea. Ad campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> well, your first one can be an epic. Yeah, yeah. I, I admire I admire a well a well done uh, ad com- campaign though. It's like that's not something that I'm not going to say never, but it's like I don't have the energy for that. I don't think right now. You're Fair. super creative though, Meg. I believe I I think I've heard you talk about that on TikTok that you love that kind of stuff. You love getting into like the design and all that kind of thing. One hundred percent. I yeah. I I have a bachelor's in graphic design, so okay. I've, I'm always interested in it. And I'd say my role, I have a working role in the company in all of them. And I would say my role is more on the creative and marketing side. But yeah, I got to wear like cool outfits. We got the yeah. so cool old outfits. Your hair was wigs. badass. Yeah. The oh, wigs, wigs are everything. Yes. Wow. I thought that was your real hair for some reason. I wish like, I could do my hair like that, but wigs, wigs, man. Wow. Nice. Yes, Rosie the Riveter reimagined and with a with an incredible message behind it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Beth, didn't you do something close similar to Rosie the Riveter? A couple that's of years my logo. Ago? Your logo. That, that's what it is. Beth yeah, Rocco Fitness logo with a kettlebell. Yeah. Rosie that's the Riveter. Exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. She's badass. You do. You have the Stronger by the Day app. How long have you been doing the Stronger by the Day app? We're almost coming up on our fifth birthday of the program, Stronger by the Day. And it started as just like a password protected website, really Mm lo-fi. And then our app is, I think, almost three years old. So when we came out with the app, we developed it and hired... Now we have a development team. And so everything's in-house. And yeah, it's been awesome. I love that it is... I got into this because I understand the power of what it means to get strong and how it can change your life and how you can be a badass in so many other ways than just in the gym. And the fact that, I mean, we've got over 20,000 people who trust me enough and believe in my mission enough to make that a part of their life is just amazing. And so we are, I have a team now of, I think like there's, this is across buff chick and strong by the day, but about like 17 people on the team. Wow. And even that, they trust me even more than the members because I'm an even bigger part of their life. And everyone is very aligned with the mission. And we really do just want to help people get strong. Yeah. So that's good to know because we I we have always have people asking, like, what's the best workout. app for workouts? Where can I start for that? And mm-hmm. stronger by the day. Come on over. Talking We'd love awesome. to have you. 
Of course, yeah. we have like free seven days. You could just try it. And then if you hate it, cancel. Okay. So what does the programming look like? Do you have like a four day, three day? Do you do at home, at the gym? We have all of the above. All so the, okay. we run it like instead of being able to log on and choose your like eight week this program or eight mm-hmm. week strength program, it is just you log on and then you're in, you're doing this week's of, week of training. Okay. Reason for that is because I know when I go on other apps, I'll do like two weeks of the eight week hypertrophy program and I'm like, I'm sick of it. And then I'll do a week mm. of the strength building program. And then I'm like, eh. and then happened. I fall off. So we really want our members to just say, if you skip a week, who cares? It's in the past jump back in. And we really do design it so that it can work for people, whether they're doing three, four or five days. So you really just are just adjusting the frequency and exercises of that week of programming. So you always jump in, you're doing strong by the day, week Mm -hmm. one. Right now we're in the one strong bitch macro cycle. Love it. Incredible. Yeah. So you're in one strong bitch week two. If you're on vacation next week, come back on week four and you'll open your app and it'll already be updated with oh, the current perfect. week of training. Yeah. So it has some flexibility though for the frequency. And mm-hmm. if you want to run a body weight version of the program, we do have that option. Obviously it's very different from the engine because we really do focus on barbell training. So mm-hmm. it's sure. based in the squat bench, deadlift, overhead press. Yep. Girlies were asking. So of course we focus on the hip thrust a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it is barbell focused training people like to call say like power building because it is it's a strength focus with a lot of hypertrophy it's really similar to the training that i've done since after i added in those movements after the my like squat every day yep. era so i like to get really strong in the barbell lifts and then look jacked too so yeah, it's perfect yeah. for someone who's interested in those things perfect sure. now is there a stronger by the day community like facebook and all that stuff yeah, actually, we we have a Facebook, but really, we've been transitioning over to Discord, okay. which I find to be a little bit more conducive for conversation and yeah. for members to connect on current topics. It's just a little more organized, too, especially one nice thing about Discord is if people want to talk about weight loss or fat loss or nutrition, they can do that in the appropriate channels and you don't have to see those conversations mm. if that's something that you don't want to see, which I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. that and makes really sense. Build a community that way. Facebook groups mm-hmm. do are a little bit limited in that aspect. Now with the app, I love that you put the, you just have them jump back in instead of, because that's one thing that people get really hung up, right? Hung up by is when they do miss a week, should I just go back and restart at week one, day two, where I left off or or no, just let's get back to it. And I think that takes away that guilt for people for just falling off track or just life happening to them where they weren't able to make it to the gym. So I think you're, sounds like you're making it really fucking easy for people to, to get to it. Yeah. For the most part, it's no big deal. The focus is, I want you to be training for at least the rest of your life. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) So one one or two weeks isn't going to make or break anything. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny because I always get a lot of questions like, what do I, I'm so, I'm sick right now and I just don't want to miss the gym. I'm like, you're going to be, you're sick. Get better. Your job right now is to get better. Get back (laughs) when you feel better. It's going to be okay. Yeah, there's so many myths out there. Can we can we talk about some of these myths with with strength training and and Ooh, yeah. and barbell work? Because I think there's a lot of myths out there towards women with strength training. And I think you alluded to this already, the the bulky, right? Like mm-hmm. that's one common misconception that so many women still have. I think it's it's starting to get broken down a little bit that lifting makes them bulky. And and, and my I like to use myself as an example. Like I've been lifting for 10 years and I'm not bulky and I'm a man. Like it's not gonna <laughs> happen by accident. I like to always ask people, show me what you mean by bulky because it means something different to everyone. And also I'm saying, if you need to point at me and say, you don't want to look like me, then tell me (laughs) because you can tell me to my face right now. And usually their response is like, no, no, you look great. And I don't know if they're just bullshitting me or what, but I understand how people feel like it's your body. I mean, you've been struggling. Most likely, if you're talking to me, you've been struggling with how you feel about your body your entire life. And there's so many different avenues. You can go to the conversation of bulky, like what society wants us to look like, what Mm -hmm. we, what our most healthy self looks like on us. And also, well, what if you did get bulky? But is it worth not being a badass? So 
there's so many different ways that you can look at it, but I really do like to start like, show me, tell me the person who you think in your head is bulky. Yeah. And most likely they did not get there by just lifting weights. And also it's going to be really hard for you to look exactly like them. Mm-hmm. So me personally, and I'll tell people this, I think buff is beautiful. I think bulky is beautiful. And there's nothing like how, like a woman who looks powerful. Mm-hmm. And so it's always like, oh, is it, do you not want to look strong? Right. Try to, I'll try to rephrase that with less judgment. Do you not want to look strong? You know, because <laughs> I don't want people to be afraid of opening up about how they feel about these things. But yeah, it's, you got to first understand what they mean by bulky because yeah. usually they mean, hey, I don't want to have a lot of body fat. I don't want to look like, I don't know, mistrunchable or someone. That, mm-hmm. I guess that's what maybe what people are thinking of when they think bulky. Good reference. <laughs> yeah. She, she's buff. The epitome of buff is beautiful in my mind, to be honest yeah. with you, because she's a powerful Badass. woman. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she's a villain, but right. she was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yes. Who, wait, who, who's this? From uh, Matilda, the principal. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, what was it? The hokey she would put people in or the pokey, the little torture tamer she, she would put the kids in at school. Yeah. He was like a, a thrower. Like yeah, remember the girl uh, with the pigtails and, yeah. and she did like the <laughs> discus yeah. form throwing. It's pretty badass. <laughs> My sister's um, group were watching that movie all the time growing up. So I know it, I could probably recite it word for word. I love that movie. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many different avenues you could dive into bulky and mm-hmm. society and our psychology of why we're so afraid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think women are so used to shrinking themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to be smaller. What let's let's what about how let's be stronger. <laughs> you know, yeah. Strong, of, skinny. That that's a yeah pretty, pretty good message that I like to get behind is like mm-hmm. you've been focused on trying to be skinny this whole your your entire life. It's like how has that made you feel and how has that worked out up to this point? And that's one thing we see in our clients and people in social media and everything is when they put the emphasis on being stronger, what can my body do for me rather than mm-hmm. looking at what it can't do for me? It's like a complete game changer. Right. And can you celebrate whatever exercise that you're doing? Can it be a celebration rather than being a punishment? Yeah. Can you work towards a PR? Can Can it be fun? I think, yeah, those are messages that as coaches, we are lucky we get to hope hopefully it gets into people's brains mm-hmm. not all the time um, but we're up against a lot and yeah. lifetimes and generations of people's parents and grandmothers judging them for whatever it may be and however they look mm-hmm. yeah we uh, we had a member of our community yesterday post into our facebook group she like she was like 120 pounds and she deadlifted 155 pounds for reps and sets like five sets of five reps nikki you are a bad oh yeah. I, yeah I just love the message behind it and how excited she was i'm like mm-hmm. you're literally do- like deadlifting more than your body weight for reps like that is fucking strong right there. yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah. beast and you could feel the confidence and just how proud of herself that she was. And this is somebody that, of course, has her own struggles with eating and things like that, too. But she's finally figured it out yet in her 50s or 60s. I'm not sure how old she is. So it's just really cool to see the, the shift from changing our body from a place of embarrassment, shame and, and hatred to empowering our body and, and nourishing and honoring our body. I love that. It's very cool. Yeah. Okay, so can we talk about the the confidence aspect of strength training? Because you said you mentioned how strength training can impact many different aspects of life. And I we see that all the time too, is they start lifting weights and our clients are will be like, Oh my God, I, I thought I hated the gym. It's like, well, we you were in the gym for the wrong reasons, like right? doing circuits or group group training and things like that. Those are there's a place for that. But once women start finally actually getting a barbell in their hand, it almost seems like it's night and day after a month or so, even a couple of weeks, just seeing the confidence that portrays into every aspect of their life, maybe as a parent, as a as a significant other, as a, a leader in their business, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. their their confidence is increasing just because they took that that risk, I guess, or took that leap of faith uh, for themselves and did that hard thing that was very intimidating. Yeah. And there aren't too many things in today where you can actually see your progress so clearly. And Mm -hmm. lifting is one of those things. For me, I was killing myself at a job and not, not knowing if I was even doing well. And that took a huge hit to my confidence and in my relationships, you know, you can't really see like 
how your volume and reps and sets are progressing over time. You can't really get a good demonstration of progressive overload in most things in life. So for people who are looking for confidence, I love lifting weights for that very, very clear. Yeah, you're making progress and you did more than last week. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to see that anywhere else. It is. And so I think it's something that when you're a badass in the gym, maybe that means you're feeling like a badass in the boardroom and at your job and yeah, with your family and in your relationships, you just show up to becoming your most confident self. Cause I can get Mm -hmm. through this thing. If I can, our girl, Nikki, if I can deadlift 150, which is more than my body weight for reps and sets and just be this huge badass. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. How do we get women to not be afraid of lifting a barbell, thinking they're going to injure themselves? That's a great question. And I think it does go back to introducing small things Mm -hmm. and introducing the most like regressed version of a certain lift. So I have a program that I worked on called Before the Barbell. Mm -hmm. And it really does take okay, before we start touching that barbell, and that's my goal to get a barbell in your hands. Everyone Mm -hmm. knows that. Let me just see your hip hinge first. And let's like practice just tapping your butt on the wall with a maybe a PVC pipe in your hands and introducing variations and movement patterns in that way to where people can get the movement pattern before they start loading the weight. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hopefully most gyms have implements that you can work your way up to that 45 pounds because I know it's honestly, it's hard to lift the freaking barbell out of wherever it's loaded. Yeah. If you want to take it on the floor to deadlift, especially mm-hmm. if you haven't been strength training. So we created that program and made it free so that people could have it at their disposal. Oh, nice. It's just on Instagram at before the barbell. So you can kind of just see like, weeks one through eight on there. And it's an eight week program to get you into that. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's videos that teach you along the way. But that for us, that was myself and my team. We were like, let's just make this free and, and just put it online so anybody can use it. And I think it is really hard, especially for people who were never athletes and never played sports, which is a lot of people who get into the gym because they Mm -hmm. finally realize like, I need to move my body. I think breaking down the like most remedial movement pattern as best you can is obviously the way to the way to do it to get them in and then hopefully touching that barbell and feeling comfortable before they even put their hands on it. Yeah. What a great resource before the barbell, everybody. If you want to get started, not sure we're training. There you go. I love that. That sounds like a plan. We need to have more resources out there for people to just get started. Yeah, to yeah. Reach more people. I that, I love that you do that for people. That it's a very popular question. It how really do is. I how do I even start? I'm like, okay, well, you need a program. I, a lot of people just want to go wing it in the gym and just hmm. which what should I use? It's like and that deters them from actually going into the gym because then they're like, I don't know what to do. So why do I even bother going? But having something always helps when you get in there. It's like, okay, I have a plan to follow. You're more likely to do it. Yeah. And you can see someone with pictures and videos of what they're supposed to look for. Mm-hmm. They don't have to YouTube the video themselves and maybe they find a bad video. And right. you know, so, there's a lot of those 100%. on YouTube as well. So, Or or I know most of my people on Stronger by the Day are women who I see myself in and I'm sure they see themselves in me. And it hits different when you feel like you have a connection with someone and you feel like someone gets you. So Johnny Candido is has an amazing YouTube channel and is really great at explaining things, but he might not be reaching the same people who are looking to me. And he might not be able to connect with just like, I'm sure I don't connect with everyone in his audience. Sometimes you need someone because especially if you're in that vulnerable state where you're just getting started, you need someone who is more like you. Sometimes it's someone who's down to earth. Sometimes it's someone who kicks your ass. Everyone is looking for something different and everyone's looking for a certain connection that makes sense for for them. Mm -hmm. So Meg, are you also a runner? I dabble. You dabble? Okay, because it's in your bio (laughs) that they'll lift run uh, pre and postpartum. So you dabble a little bit. I learned Mm -hmm. I need to do cardio. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? Super super (laughs) annoying. I started running as a little challenge to myself. Mm -hmm. I 
ran the specific challenge of I wanted to do. Are you guys familiar with the Army mm-hmm. ACFT test? Yep. The oh, yeah. Okay. So they recently redid it. Back in the day, it used to be just like, okay, you got to do push ups, sit ups, and a run. And now it's cool because, I mean, it's not perfect, don't get me wrong, but you deadlift in it, you do a heavy throw, you do the run, of course, push-ups, and a plank. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is like kind of up my alley. Mm-hmm. So after I had my daughter, I I took time to recover. And like about a year after she, by her first birthday, I did this test to see what I would do. And of course... I had to run during doing it. So I got really into running and I like studied a little bit about endurance training and sprint training that I had never really cared to know about. Mm -hmm. And I really do like running. It's been something that is hard. It's You can't do it all, can you? Because I love lifting. I'm never going to let that go. So running is something I try my best to do a few times a week. Yeah. Maybe once a a week. It's a a different skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. team running here, actually. I haven't always been a runner, but I know Beth has really been embracing running and so have I. And it's just been for, for my mental health alone, just go. I Beth likes to call it run the crazy off. And that's what I do. You know, I run the crazy off. Well, so. When I when I quit drinking eight years ago, I got into running and I, I was like, OK, this is harder than actually quitting drinking. So I'm going to keep doing this because this is helping me not drink. So then I enthroned myself into like doing all these races, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. And so almost like you with the squat, the running was my, you know, I love that. Thing. And yeah. then you're never hung over. So you can always wake up. Exactly. Early for a race. And so it's the one thing that I can do that I completely can shut out everything else. Like you can't look at your phone, you can't answer emails, texts. So it's like, all right, I got 30 minutes to an hour and no one's going to bother me. It's like my yeah. best ideas happen during my runs. I love that. See, I wish I had good ideas, but I have, have you guys ever played the app? Well, you're not really playing, but Zombies Run. Have you ever heard? Oh of my this? god, I love Zombies Run. That's I've actually never what got me it. into running. Is yeah. it? <laughs> yes, such a cool fucking game. Oh geez, yeah. what is it? What is this Beth? game about? No, I'm not. Okay, I'll let Meg tell the story behind it. Well, you get ready for your run, uh-huh. and you put your headphones on. You can listen to music, but while you're running, you're revealed a story about the apocalypse and your role in the apocalypse. Your job as runner five is to help the community that you kind of stumbled upon Mm -hmm. and they don't know if they can trust you yet. So you're vulnerable, but you got to keep running because there's zombies chasing you and you're on a mission. So you're running and being told a story in a cool way. Mm -hmm. And really it does like kind of, when I hear the zombies coming, (laughs) (laughs) doesn't it? So it's like yeah. almost like you're in a game in a weird yeah, it's, way. It's gamifying. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of I cool. love I'm it. Gonna have to, I'm going to have to check that out. I wish Absolutely. they had zombies lift. Maybe I'd lift <laughs> in here. <laughs> yeah, because you could do there like you a, go, Meg. Create that. Just press a zombie, right? Like the zombie's trying to attack you. You better press it off of your body. <laughs> See? Not a There's bad your next idea. idea, Meg, right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next campaign. <laughs> zombies. Zombies lift. Zombies lift. And and running too, I think, is one of those things that people tend to get into for the wrong reasons. I know mm-hmm. I certainly did when I first got into running. That's how I started my health and fitness journey more than a decade ago was with running. And I hated it. But of course, I was doing it to, to change my body. And so, of course, I hated it because I was I hated my body at the time, right? So I wasn't really going anywhere with that. But what I want to ask you is, how have you incorporated both running and lifting? Because that can be a balancing act in itself, especially with the, the type of training that you do. Well, I allow myself to go as slow as I need to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really do. During my running, I really just stay in zone two. And that's honestly just like the pace that I feel comfortable. And I don't kill myself to run because I'm I'm not training for a race. It is supplemental. It's to Mm -hmm. feel good. It's to help my body feel good and my lungs and my heart. So I... I have my main thing, which is lifting. And sometimes I put a little pressure on myself to get my ass in gear. Whereas running is for a different reason. Yeah. Now, when I first started, I had a different goal where I was running for speed and to balance those two, 
it's, I'm not expecting myself to become this perfect hybrid athlete. I'm doing one for strength and I'm doing one for enjoyment a lot of times. Not that lifting is an enjoyment, but it's like my fitness and one is for to not go crazy. So they are, they serve different purposes in my life, which unless you're like a triathlete, it might be hard to have that kind of segmentation. But for me, that really helps to know that if I miss a running session, I'm not going to be as upset if I miss a lifting session. Yeah. That's how I Um, feel too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I just kind of two or three times a week. That sounds like what you do as well. Like sometimes I'll just turn my walks into a run be like, okay, cool. I just ran the same distance and I don't, I haven't been doing any type of structure or anything like that. And I don't know what Beth, if you're doing any type of structure with your no. running right now. Well, because when you I were. first started, when I first started running, I was running because I was trying to quit drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. So my focus has switched more to now my focus is strength training. Like, like mm-hmm. Meg, like I, I want to get my four days a weekend. I'll fit some runs in if I can, but it's not, I'm not going to, it's not a do or die situation. I'm not like training for a race or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this has been great. I can't believe we're almost into an hour into this interview here. Dang. Yeah. Where, where does hour go? Meg, what would you say to any women that are listening right now? What's the best thing you could say to help them get a barbell in their hands if they are kind of on the fence about it right now? Mm-hmm. I think I've already said it. I think strength is more than just lifting heavy things. It's something that obviously the physical act of it is going to improve your life because you're going to get strong, but also you might feel like a badass when you're finished with it. And that could mean so much for you and your relationships and your trajectory outside of the gym too. So everyone who's in the gym already just know that it is more than just the number on the bar. It is more than just whether or not you hit a PR that day or whether or not you're going to ever again in your life. That's not the only reason we lift. It is something that we do for our health and our confidence. And it's something that a lot of times we get to share with an awesome community as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess that's the thing I'd say. Maybe that'll convince someone to try and get into their own strength community or just provide a little motivation for anyone who's feeling like they need a little oomph. Little oomph. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome having you. Super inspirational. Absolutely. And where can people uh, find you on the socials if they do want to follow you on Instagram, any of your programs? Yeah. Check me out on Instagram. It's probably the best place. It's at Meg Squats. There we go. Nice and easy. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Next squats everywhere. Thanks so much, Meg. Thanks, guys. That's it. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.